0: Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House.
1: Broadcasting live on a gorgeous Saturday morning. Warmed up quite nice here in the booth. Uh, We're outdoors. Uh, There's a lot to be said about broadcasting Saturday morning outside in the great state of Arizona for about nine months out of the year. It's absolutely beautiful. We're on the university plaza university mall down at ua pima county tucson and we're here for the festival of books one of my absolute most favorite events in arizona all year long we never miss it uh and we're here and this hour and this particular week if you're a subscriber to our newsletter you saw one of the things we're going to be talking about is your home library book storage book care book organization and uh, we are going to take any question you have about home maintenance or home repair, you can dial us at one 767 4348 That's one rosie for you, R-O-S-I-E, the number four and the letter U. Allow us, our team, the privilege of putting our almost 50 years of building and remodeling Arizona homes to work for you. Take that experience and put it to work for you for free just by simply calling and letting us know what it is you're trying to tackle or get done. 1-888-767-4348. We are here at the Festival of Books, and you can't come to Tucson and be a lover of books and not know of an iconic location called Bookman's. And we have the director of community, community what? Community manager. James that's a terrible job to have at Bookman's. Uh, that sounds too busy to read.
2: <laughs> yeah, I have a very good time. A part of Did what you? I do okay. is jumping out into the community and okay. getting involved and telling people about all the awesome stuff that Bookman's does. James Robertson,
1: uh, I would like a job at Bookman's, but I'd like to I'd like to be in charge of dusting the shelves. Yeah. Well, I'll put in a good uh, word for you. Yeah. Okay.
3: James, then, you would need a camera to keep track of it. Uh, <laughs>
1: Uh, We've got sweet Jennifer mic'd up. We've got James Robertson from Bookman's. Tell us a little bit about Bookman's. It's iconic. It's been here how long? How many locations?
2: What's the story? Well, Bookman's has been around for nearly 50 years now. Uh, We started as a little hole-in-the-wall shop downtown in Tucson, and we... First started selling just books and eventually turned into a big entertainment exchange So you can find any sort of entertainment be it graphic novels, vinyl, DVDs, whatever you can think of And of course books, Yeah, you can't go wrong with books And uh, yeah, we are a used business so about 95% of the stuff you find in our store uh, Is used coming from the community so you can sell your stuff to us
1: Jennifer and I just updated our family estate. See, that's what you're going to do with all the books. Oh. You're just going to call books.
3: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep James Carr. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: so um, when, when you – let's talk a little bit about
2: at your home or at uh, – in the store, you organize by topic. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. We have sections for anything and everything you could think of, be it history or fiction, sci-fi, Cooking, you know, I could go on and on. There's so many little sections. Even working there for seven years, I will still browse our shelves and find a random section that I've never seen before. Oh, I bet. Uh, God bless the Dewey Decimal System and just the just the logic behind the division of
1: categories and subcategories and being able to track that down. And most of the kids, they don't even know what a Dewey Decimal System is. It's a heartbreak. But uh, I will tell you, I have an older daughter that lives primarily. She spent most of her life in Europe, and she came home about what, babe, three years ago. Uh, and 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 literally,
3: she's an artist. Literally,
1: she's an artist. Literally, every. Every available space in my house is filled with bookcases and books. Oh, I love and that. And I use it. I use a bookcase as wallpaper. I use it as an architectural statement. Our living room, the big screen TV, is backed by an entire library of books. And I can look at all the leather-bound, gold-embossed, you know, and I can, I'll be watching a movie, and I'll say, I remember when I read that book, and I remember when I read that But My daughter came home. And I was a little under the weather, and uh, she took advantage of me. (laughs) James, I have everything by category.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. She reorganized every shelf in my house color-coordinated.
2: No, it color-coordinated. Coordinated. It's, oh, <laughs> it's gorgeous. Oh, I bet it's beautiful, but that would hurt my brain if I'm trying to look for a specific book. There's there's still
1: books I'm looking for that I know I have, but I can't
3: find them.
2: <laughs> that
1: is too funny. Oh, man no. hey, I
3: have a curiosity question for James.
1: Okay, look who's behind
3: you. Hello. <laughs>
1: Mr. Roger yeah. Naylor. Speaking of book oh authors, God. there
2: he oh. is.
3: So, has Kindle. Don't go anywhere, Roger. Has Kindle affected your business at all?
2: You know, we were worried just slightly, but when it all came down to it, everybody loves the physical feel of a book, the turning of the pages, the smell of a book. Don't Uh, let Roger. So, we really did not lose out on anything with the uprise of Kindle or digital. Reading at all,
3: so I'm not the only one.
2: Yeah, you so, are not the only one. You know, when
3: I read a book, and then I think, oh, that's really a great sentence or paragraph. I've got to keep it. I usually highlight it. Okay. Which you can do in Kindle, but it's not the same because I, in my mind, I think it's a third of the way through the book. It's on the left-hand side. It's a, you know, it's a halfway down. Right. I'm very visual, so that's how I find things again. Oh. And on Kindle, you have no idea, you know, where you are in the book.
2: No. So well, I don't, I, I don't like it. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. So I am absolutely horrible. Uh, anytime I get my hands on a book and I love that book, I will destroy it with pen and yeah. just writing little things in the margins and highlighting. And I don't use bookmarks. I'm horrible, I know. Okay. <laughs> I, I will you do- don't
1: dog ear the pages. I do. Oh, James. I know. Oh, it's bad. Oh, man. Holy <laughs> cow. You never dog ear uh, a a good book. But it just shows how much I love
2: that book. And so then I will put it on my shelf and come back to it a year later, take it off, and just kind of leaf through and see what I remember and the things that I wrote down. Touch it. It feels so good.
1: My book hoarding started shortly after Jennifer and I got married, uh, which was ironic because I never read a book cover to cover. Until I was a sophomore in college.
2: Let me just say, <laughs> it is not hoarding if it's books. Yeah.
1: See, and see, our first home in Glendale was just down the street from a little store, and I still remember her name, Bonita Porter. It was Bonita Porter out of print books. Okay. And I became her favorite customer. She'd see me walking down the sidewalk. She'd open the door and pour me a cup of coffee. And, and uh, she, she started teaching me the value of first editions. And she says, what topic do you like to read? And I said, well, I like, I like biographies. I like historical biographies. She said, okay, well, we're going to start a collection for you of presidential biographies, the Presidents of the United States biographies, and we're going to only get first editions. Okay. And, wow. and so I worked with Bonita probably for 10 or 12 years, building out that collection, which was just the start of my addiction. Now tell me, how do y'all at Bookman's, in trading your books and stuff like that, how do y'all establish the value for these books? I've got first edition, out of print, leather, gold embossed that are almost 100 years old.
2: Well, first of all, I would like to shout out our incredible employees who have an immense knowledge of all things literature I have employees who've been working at Bookman's for 20, 25 years. They will pick up a book, and they will immediately know what the value wow. of it is. Oh, It's incredible. It's, it baffles me every time. But... If we are concerned about a specific volume or uh, anything of that nature, there's always the Internet. We usually take a look through eBay at sold listings and kind of gauge value based on that and the conditioning of the book and whatnot. So that is a big resource to us. We also have an internal system where we can scan ISBNs and that will give us uh, more of a value.
1: I'm so glad someone finally decided that it was okay to store a book laying down. <laughs> uh, that's so much better for a book than leaning on its on oh, yeah. its binder. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's either straight up or laying flat on its side, and right. and you can organize a shelf to really look good that
2: way, yeah, right.
3: especially and, by color
1: and, and, and <laughs> color coordinated. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Do you what? guys have an online presence as well?
2: Uh, do, uh, you know, we have social media. We don't sell any okay. of our products online, good but to know. yeah, we yeah. do. Like to feature things across our social media at Bookman's Arizona, uh, yeah.
3: So you're a tourist destination. Yes, we most
2: certainly yes, are. are. In, in all of Arizona, we do have six locations throughout Arizona: one in Flag, two in Phoenix, and three in Tucson. There you
1: go, oh, Arizona fantastic.
2: homeowners.
3: That's yeah. what you should do on your time off when you finished all your chores, huh? Oh, yeah. I'm
1: familiar most with the
2: one right here on Speedway. Sure. Is that the biggest one? Uh, d- which one on Speedway? Uh, east of here. Yeah, yeah. So we have two on Speedway. We have Speedway Country Club and Speedway Wilmot. The Speedway Wilmot is one of the biggest ones. Okay. All right. From
1: Bookman's uh, here in Tucson, but they are in Flag. They are in Phoenix. How about about care of a book, long time care of a book? With the inventory y'all have, I know y'all have some books that come in and fly off the shelves, but I also suspect with the inventory you have, you have books that come in that can kind of age on the shelf for time what do y'all do to protect and care for those books anything in particular
2: you know a, a dusting is always an important thing uh, that we like to do every you know week or so if someone is stocking a shelf we'll make sure there's that they job. look nice there's and yeah job. there's your job, there's my job. Uh, we also do have in each of the stores a person who has the ability to mend books with glue or you know if if absolutely necessary, a needle and thread um, and things like that. So we do have some very highly trained wow. professionals in our stores to take care of those books that do need a little extra love.
3: Just out of curiosity, do you have a service if someone were to bring you a book or do you have some place you send them?
2: Unfortunately, we do not. There okay. is a local person, I, I think okay. he's just called The Book Binder, um, that we always recommend. I, I couldn't tell you off the okay. top of my head. Yeah.
1: Okay, and you're here? with a big, big display. We most certainly
2: are. We have how many how many, how many what's your inventory just here? Oh. How many books did y'all bring? We brought an entire mini bookman's. I couldn't tell you how many uh, books we brought, but we spent months months I tell you, curating our shelves, making sure everything was looking great and we brought really awesome titles. We made sure to feature some BIPOC authors as well as, of course, the presenting authors here at the festival. Very good.
1: James Robertson, community? Manager. Manager for Bookman's I can't thank you enough for taking time. I know y'all are busy over there. I know you've been working morning, noon, and night to get set up. But thanks a million for coming over here and visiting with the Arizona homeowners here at Rosie on the House. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, it was a blast. Thanks a bunch. Folks, we're here at the Festival of Books in Tucson. And uh, I just grabbed another author that you're all going to know, you're all going to recognize. He's been on the show many times before, and I lassoed him. I wouldn't let him pass the booth without coming and joining us live on air. Roger Naylor is joining us right after this short break. I have given you. having too much fun to come back on air. I'm grabbing people off the sidewalk, lassering them into the booth, and I just keep coming up with more and more celebrities and dignitaries, and I've got a repeat visitor to Rosie on the House. I'm very blessed that you were willing to take the time out of your tour of the facility, the Festival of Books. No other...
4: Than Roger Naylor. Roger, it's Great that. to see you, but man, I thought this festival used to have standards. Now they just let anybody <laughs> they in. They let anybody in. in. What the heck?
1: Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they do run a check on my credit card before
4: <laughs> I was going. Rosie, if that credit card balance is reduced, to you, then you can come. But um, no, It's good to see you. I was just walking by. I, I'm uh, doing a book signing at uh, the University of New Mexico Press here from 1 to 2, and then I'm moderating a panel. Uh from four to five. So uh and what's the panel, just, Roger? it's uh called Taking It Outside with a couple of in, incredible authors, Tom Zollner and uh, Susan Lamb. So I'm very excited. We'll be talking about outdoor writing and, and then what it means to get out and uh well they'll be talking. I'm just I'm just uh, keeping the discussion going. So. There's
1: several people that I don't spend my life envious. But there are a couple people I'm very envious of. You're one of them. Uh, and the editor, of Arizona Highways Bank. Mr. <laughs> <Steve>. Yeah. <laughs> if, if if I could come back as anyone, I'd rather come back as him or you. <laughs> you get to hike, write about it, spend all your time outdoors. How do you? I eat
3: lots of burgers. Do you it.
1: do you recite the material uh, verbally and then type it when you get back,
4: or how do you do that? No, I just I take some I take a lot of photos. Sometimes I okay. will scribble some notes in a notebook. I, I always have a pencil and paper with me and. Uh, uh, and then you know, work on it uh, when I when I'm back from the memories. And you know, uh, sometimes I do a lot of writing. It depends on the place, uh, but uh, yeah, I get to spend a tremendous amount of uh, time outside. It's a uh, it's an incredible scam, is what it is. You know, but uh, <laughs> I was going to say that, <laughs> that no. and I, I wish you wouldn't keep trying to blow <laughs> it for me. That, well, now, so one of these days, my editor is going to be listening. Go wait a minute. Yeah, we, why are we paying this guy? So yeah, I, I ramble around Arizona and write about it. Did it's you just
1: amazing. did you just drive down yesterday?
4: Uh, yeah, I came down yesterday. What I time? Stopped of, what time at, of the day? Uh, uh, about eleven. I got, well, okay. no, I, I I got to a Pucacho Peak at eleven, and that's where I was for several hours. So uh, I, I couldn't I keep, blame yeah, you yeah. for that.
1: You are uh, driving down the ten, and there is this verdant astroturf underlayer. Over the entire desert, it is as green as a golf course, and now as you approach Picacho, there from the north, on the little gentle slope going up to the basalt cliffs, they're all they're coming in. Roger, oh, it's gorgeous. It's going it, to be it's something spectacular.
4: Else. This is a super bloom year. Everybody needs to get out and spend some time in the desert. Uh, Picacho is always one of the early ones. Uh, uh, I was hiking last week at Estrella. Uh, Mountain Regional Park there. They were beautiful, but Picacho just surpasses them. They're they're terrific. Uh, but everything is going to be popping as soon as we get that first big warm stretch of weather. I think mid-March, late-March, uh, just about every place is going to be in full bloom. It's a it's one of those once-a-generation super blooms. Don't miss this one. Well,
1: give me a hint in your scam career. What are you working on now? What's the uh, next, well, what's my, the next the, book?
4: The new book is Awesome Arizona, 200 Amazing Facts About the Grand Canyon state it's kind of it's part love letter part encyclopedia you know i get so tired of misconceptions about uh, arizona about all these uh people bashing arizona or have no concept of what it is right. and so i wanted to get a book out that expresses not only my love and admiration for the state But also, uh, a lot of the great things about it. You know, big, important facts. Facts that people know. We're the sunniest state in the nation, by far. You know, Florida claims to be the sunshine state. It's not even close. It's a lightning state. (laughs) (laughs) I think they get more lightning strikes than any other state (laughs) in (laughs) the year. It's stormy. We're the only state with one of the seven natural wonders of the world right here. We're the world's largest contiguous ponderosa pine forest. Uh, I love all those big facts, but then we're also, I love all the little facts tiny facts we have a uh, more there are more lighthouses in the arizona desert than there are in any other town in america what Lake Havasu <laughs> city 28 lighthouses up and down the lake okay so uh we played the longest poker game in history okay <laughs> i love those you kind were of tired. stuff yeah lo- <laughs> so there are 200 just uh, facts of just a little fun with the surge with the
1: surge here. of incomers we're experiencing in the last 10 or 15 years the number one thing People will tell me before, before anything. I can't believe how much public access you have in Arizona. You, you don't have it in Texas. You yeah. don't have it in Louisiana, Missouri. I mean, you can't pull off the side of the road and walk past the, the three-wire
4: Bob wire fence exactly every play, I, I always write that uh and this is a fact i just made up but i'll bet it's true. real quick <laughs> uh everybody in arizona lives within 15 minutes of a trail there you, you go get outside anytime I bet you, that you is want true. roger Taylor, thanks for letting me
1: lasso you in here thanks buddy, a million. You know all right we're here broadcasting from the festival of books at ua uh, we're on the university mall uh having a great time i just keep lassoing people into the into the booth here to visit with them but i know we have a couple callers that have been on hold very very patient for a long long time let's take the first caller who's been holding the longest see if i can help him and then i want to talk to kurt and missy who are joining me here in the studio and building a rammed earth home in people's valley can't wait to have that conversation but (laughs) who are we taking first online how about charles charles what's charles up to good morning charles
5: Good morning, Rosie. Can you hear me, sir?
1: I could hear you. Perfect.
5: Great. So I last year I bought a manufactured home on 36 acres uh, southeast of St. John's, and it is a, a modular built in 2005. It was put on a solid slab and also a, a block stem wall. So that was kind of nice. Um, however, they did not put gutters, adequate gutter and drainage system on this place. So because it rains there often and a lot. <laughs> and uh, so the, it kind of washed away the dirt uh, away from the foundation. And then animals and critters started digging under the foundation and whatnot. Okay. Um, when I first bought the home, I didn't have any cracks in the walls. But as six months went by, I started seeing cracks and the house shifting. Okay. So I have to do a lot of projects to this home, such as roofing and flooring and drywall and paint. And it doesn't make any sense to do any of that until I make sure that foundation is square and uh, the drainage is proper.
1: Okay. So here's what I want you to do. I'm going to be in St. John's a lot this summer a lot our church we attend when we go to the white mountains is just south of you in nutrioso arizona and we're going to double the size of that church in an expansion project this summer Uh, i don't know why they appointed me superintendent of that project but they did and i'm going to be up there a whole bunch but i'll tell you what there's a man in eager by the name of Eric Hamblin. I just think the world of this guy. He's a general contractor been operating in that area for a long long time. And there's an operation out of Snowflake, Arizona called All Custom Exteriors. I would call either one of those two, Eric Hamblin, Hamblin Building Systems, or All All Exterior Custom out of Snowflake. Have them come up and take a look at it. Start with those two opinions. I've got your number. I've got to run up to Nutrioso to double-check the survey in about two weeks. I'm going to look you up. I'll come throw my evil eye on it and see if we can't give you a good course of action. Charles, I can't thank you enough. And southeast of St. John's, right there, Jennifer, I don't know if you remember, but, I mean, the biggest lightning storm we ever saw in our life. We were camped right there at Luna Lake. It was absolutely one of the most magnificent displays of the power of – creation that i've ever seen okay we're going to convert here real quick we're going to come back into this into the booth that we are uh, broadcasting from uh from the festival of books and we've got kurt and missy Yes. That are y'all are under uh, consideration of a building project up in People's Valley.
3: Yes, so I'd like to know your thoughts on rammed earth buildings and if you know any contractors who work with rammed earth in northern Arizona.
1: I love it. Is that Wagner? Is it Kirkland Junction? Is mm-hmm. it.
5: It's between Kirkland Junction and Yarnell. So... Between
1: Kirkland Junction and Yarnell. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful little area right yeah, there. It is. Uh, I was involved in building a rammed earth home in Taylor, Arizona. And when we built it, we put thermosensors in the center of the wall and in Snowflake, which is quite a bit colder than People's Valley. uh, Over the course of 11 years, until the thermocoupler died, uh, the internal wall temperature never changed more than 9 degrees.
5: Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, I love rammed earth. I don't believe Yavapai County considers rammed earth structural. So what you'll have to do is you'll have to do a post and beam type construction, probably with concrete, you know, some CMU or steel post or whatever. But then you then you infill all the rammed earth. Uh, I I think you'll be tickled to death with it. How about if I run down the architect that designed and built that home in Taylor and I'll get him in touch with you all?
5: Great. Great. That would be wonderful. Thank you. We are kind you. Of the post and beam already. So, uh, and infilling not all the walls, but with some ICCF also. Okay. Uh, just to speed up the process, because we're going to be ramming it ourselves a lot, you <laughs> uh, think.
3: So <laughs> I know. Well,
5: Missy, let, me, let me
1: just say this about that: it, it's it's mind over matter. Yes. If, if you don't mind, it don't matter.
5: <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I'm a little
3: petrified of the whole process. But. And are, will
1: you be using a gas-operated sheep's foot to do that, uh, or are you going to no. hand tamp? No,
5: not hand. Pneumatic tamper. Pneumatic, pneumatic tamper. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well,
1: that's, that's 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 all right. You're you're going to love. I mean, inside that house is going to be so incredible. What are you going to roof it with?
5: Um, Metal, but I'm working on how we actually thermally uh, bridge so that there's no... um, We're we're going to make the whole space inside uh, totally conditioned. Okay. So I don't know how to do the roof. What's your window package? We don't know yet. Uh, okay. We're kind of looking at triple glaze windows. Ther- okay. Style type windows.
1: Okay. I'm going to give you my business card, and let's just stay in touch. I'll get you in touch with that architect. Okay. Uh, and we'll he, he's, he's done a couple since then. He now uh, lives in Durango. But he's but he's a friend I can track him down and we can get him coached. we he, we we can have him coach us up how's that
3: sounds sounds great. wonderful All Thank right. you
1: People's Valley boy actually absolutely one of my favorite places I I love Kirkland Junction I love Wagner uh, and I love Yarnell absolutely beautiful beautiful country Kurt Missy thank yep. you for joining us I think we have a couple more people on hold uh, Gary who will we go to next
0: we got Richard on the line wants to know about permitting welcome to the program Richard. Okay, Richard.
5: Well, thank you. Uh, Permitting was one question. I'm kind of curious if I want to enclose a carport. Why do I need a permit? If there is no utilities involved? Well, part of the problem is sometimes they want professional drawings and I'm not capable of uh, paying for that. Just to close in a carport to a garage.
1: I'm glad you called. Where are you, Richard? What building municipality has jurisdiction over your lot? Phoenix. Phoenix? City of Phoenix proper? Yes. Okay. Uh, You're going to be glad you called. Uh, They will guide you through it. If you go up to the building permitting department as a homeowner, they will pull the copies of the plot map for you. They'll help you with the drawing. They don't need much, but I'm going to tell you why you need a permit to do that. When we convert a carport to a garage, we are changing the fire rating of that entire space. We must create a fire barrier between the living space and an enclosed garage. There could be no window. There's a lot of windows on... Kitchen uh, on kitchen sinks that look out to a carport. The window has to go. We've got to take the door that separates the carport from the house, and it can't be a solid core door. It has to be a fire 20-minute fire-rated door on self-closing hinges. You may have a crawl space up there in that uh, in that uh, carport that's got to be sealed off and created a one-hour barrier on that ceiling between the garage space and the attic space. You've also got to make sure when you step out of the kitchen or out of the the laundry room onto the carport floor you're going to overfill that you cannot frame a wall down there on that lower piece of concrete you've actually got to come and lay concrete block up on top of the slab and get it a good eight to 12 inches above grade then you will frame from that point up and i'll tell you on our website rosie there's actually a project we did exactly like this for a school teacher in scottsdale about seven years ago and it photo documents every single step you have to make and do to do a legal carport conversion to a garage. And you do want to permit it because I'm going to tell you what, we are on a campaign to uh, the realtors. uh, you You have a document when you sell your home called spudge. You have to say everything you know about the house. And you're held responsible for being truthful on that they're now changing those spuds where they are asking you and, and inspecting is any work on this house ever been done that required a permit that wasn't permitted and that's going to be a big deal at the point you want to refinance or ever sell the house so you do want a permit it's not a big a deal as you think it's they'll they'll guide you right through it and there are about eight things you have to do you've got electrical you're going to have to do uh, particularly if you wanted to do an automatic garage door you've got lighting that's going to have to be done and you've got to create that one hour fire barrier so there's a lot to it but it's all very doable we certainly appreciate the call miss jennifer yeah you've been meeting and greeting
3: yes it's so fun you would not believe the number of people out here on on the mall and you know what you have when you first walk when we first first drove up was the bookmobile. But some <laughs> people probably don't know what a bookmobile is, but we lived out in the country when the kids were little. Rosie, it almost made me cry. It was such a memory. We didn't have a library. Bookmobile would come once a month. We'd go check out books and just love on them and then give them back. That was
1: a big deal. Yeah,
3: lots of good things. But there's um, Audubon is here. Uh, uh, the national parks are here.
1: State parks.
3: State parks. There's,
1: uh, there's nobody that's not here. No matter what you're to do interested with in. Publishing books, and yeah. and I like the speakers format. They've got a lot of the authors actually speaking. Last year, when we came down, I noted that for some particular reason, a lot of the speakers were going to be addressing the issue of border security and border politics. And I sat in on about five presentations on the border by authors or people who were involved in that particular dimension of Arizona, and I learned a lot. I learned a whole lot about how many different arms that octopus has. So I'm going to be I'm going to be looking at the presentations a little bit later and seeing who I have time. Can you? I, can I count on you to man the booth? While yeah, I'm I help. Yeah, I hope, kinda, Yeah, kind of nosing around. One of the things we're talking about it today is, is libraries, your your home library. We talk about, you know, getting it organized. We talk about storing the books. Uh, and and Jennifer will tease me a lot about being a book hoarder. But when you walk in my house, I don't have stacks of books on the floor.
3: No, they're very well cared for. They yeah. are loved books.
1: Yes, they are in handsome bookshelves. They're organized uh almost back to being categorical again
3: you have a little embosser on the first page you can open any of those books that you have you know you deem keepable and you emboss them if we bought them out of town we've gone to the post office and they've date stamped them if you finished them on the back inside cover you'll find a little journal of the things that you were going on in our life maybe at the time or something you want to remember or pass down from the book is written in the back
1: i always date and sign every book i finish reading on the back fold Mm -hmm. yeah and I, I document some current event that's happening at the time. Uh, I actually loaned a book uh, to our son, William, and I opened the back of it, and I actually finished reading it in December of 2002. And my journal entry is, just sold our company.
3: Oh, geez. <laughs> not the one we have now. <laughs> no, not the
1: one we have now, but the the company you and I founded in 1988 and sold in 2002. So those little journal entries are kind of neat little Uh, Diaries, a great way to uh, remember the events occurring when you read that book. We're going to talk a little bit more about caring for books and keeping a book journal. When we get back, we're here at the Festival of Books, broadcasting from the University Mall at UA down in Pima County, uh, Tucson, the Old Pueblo. Mm -hmm.
0: And we do have more tickets to give away to the Renaissance Festival for two run out there out on uh, U.S. 60 west east of uh, Apache Junction. Last week we had an insulter on the broadcast, and he's made a living out of 30 years being an insulter. What was his name? Blank the insulter. Text that to 411-923, and we'll pick a random right winner and then mail you uh, the tickets for any uh remaining weekend that is available. We've got Rosie and Jennifer live at the Book Festival in Tucson on the U of A Mall. And we've got, uh, let's see, this is uh, Eileen, who's next on the line, wants to talk about blinds. Good morning and welcome to the program.
6: Good morning. I have vertical blinds on my windows and on a sliding glass door. And they're broken. They won't open. They won't close. I'm wondering if I should replace them or repair them. What do you recommend?
0: Well, have you talked to Bailey's Blind Repair yet? No. Okay. That's, that's who I would call first. If they can be repaired, uh, Bailey's can do it. They're in the business of repairing them, not selling them. So they're going to give it their best shot. Now, if they come out and say, Uh, no, there's no saving these, well, you know, then then it's time to uh, connect with a uh, window treatment. We've got a a number of great providers. And you said what part of uh, the valley are you in?
6: Orangewood, North Central Phoenix, 19th Avenue on Northern.
0: Okay. So they've got locations in Glendale Mesa, but their North Phoenix on Cave Creek will be closest to you. And we'll get make sure we get that number for you off the air. Uh, Jess can get that and talk to them. And then again, if, if they can't repair them, uh, we've got New West Blind and Shutters is a great company. They just did our office building. They've done two of my homes and uh, just a great partner for, for window treatment. So we appreciate the call. Let's slip in uh, one final caller here on this Saturday morning. Uh, and I'm don't believe I'm going to pronounce your name correctly, but I'm going to try it. Mahima?
6: Hello. Yes, it's Mahima. Thank you. Mahima.
0: All right. How can we help you?
6: um, um, We uh, got our house built um, in 2019, um, and we changed our flooring from tile to luxury vinyl in the month of May last year in october we saw a lot of bending and buckling in our floor and at this point we are uh, needing a replacement our flooring company is ready to make that replacement because they realized that they didn't use the moisture barrier between the subfloor concrete slab and the new flooring but my concern is that there is moisture in the concrete slab how dangerous is it for the integrity of the house and uh, is that something that needs to be taken care of now or would that cure over time
1: well i i would tell you when they pull that floor up i would give it a little bit of time before i threw the new floor down and i'd get in touch with arizona foundation solutions and i'd have them do moisture readings on that slab they have moisture eradication strategies and tactics Uh, that they can uh, use if it is excessive. Um, The fact that it was built in 19, we ought to have hydrated out the surface moisture of the concrete. If we're dealing with ongoing moisture, we've either got a utility trench that wasn't well-backed, compacted, that pierces the stem wall of the house, or we've got some kind of landscaping irrigation issue uh, dealing with it. Arizona Foundation Solutions is the company I would have you call uh, while the floor is up. Kind of coordinate with them when the demo team is going to be there, when Arizona Foundation Solutions is going to be there, and work them with each other, not against each other, and see if that can help you out. We appreciate the call. We appreciate the confidence you placed in us to give you the guidance you needed. Um, And now I get to go look at books.
3: Okay, I'll take turns.
1: <laughs> all right. Folks, we really appreciate y'all joining us as I had a lot of fun today visiting with all kind of friends we saw here on the, on the uh, University Mall down at UA uh, for the Festival of Books. And uh, it was great. Uh, I last a bunch of people come in and uh, uh, Kurt and Missy came in and talked about their home in People's Valley. I really enjoyed today. I hope you enjoyed listening.